Hello, this is Glenda Taylor. Welcome to this podcast. Today is the day. The bright red berries on the holly tree are finally just right. Yesterday, as I came and went, hardly any sound greeted me from the holly's branches, but I knew the time was near. And early this morning, as I settled into my porch chair outside my front door with my cup of tea, I was immediately engulfed in the glad, loud chatter of hundreds of birds feasting on perfect ripe berries. The limbs of the holly tree were shaking and waving with the weight of all those tiny feathered beings who were busy completely stripping the holly tree in this one day of its year-long production of fruit. And the variety of birds vying for a chance at the banquet was stunning. I expected the migratory crowds. They come by every year. The bare winter branches of the many hardwood trees all around will suddenly look as if they have overnight sprouted dark, noisy leaves as the blackbirds settle in for an overnight rest on their long journey. And the lovely bluebirds take my breath away when they arrive and and they cluster all around the birdbath in the garden where I can see them out my window. The robins, fat, red-breasted, strident, They and the sparrows and others were all there this morning at the holly tree, attempting to claim preemptive rights to those berries, darting in and out in a whirr of sound, while the big resident woodpecker suddenly decided to claim his rights to to perch at the very top of the old tree. His red head bobbed wildly as the tip of the thin top branch dipped from his fat weight. Everyone from miles around was taking a turn at all those berries in a flurry of winged noise. I sat there a long time, simply being with the sound, the sight, the wonder of an annual event that I look forward to every year, a once-a-year feast day that strips this particular holly tree of all its berries. I love this tree not only for its generous giveaway of bounty to another whole species of life, a species so different from a tree, a species not rooted like trees, not bound in place by roots reaching deep into the earth and thus being able to create berries or fruit or nuts or whatever, giving away to a species that instead is is small and almost weightless, lifting into the sky soaring on the winds, on air. But their little heart beats hammering hard, though, as wings work and work to carry these little flocks of life from continent to continent, from continent to continent, responding to seasonal signals that they somehow recognize that say, go south or it's time to go back north again. Just as the tree recognizes a signal that says, make plenty of berries, make plenty of seeds, more than you need to reproduce yourself, enough to feed all those noisy, hungry, tired, migrating birds that are coming. The holly tree does not migrate. Like the other trees in my vision, all of them standing here all year long, bent and 
even broken sometimes by strong winds or lashing rains or ice storms, but most just staying here in one place. I go out and pray for their safety when the winds come, and I hug them tight when I feel lonely or in need of reassurance that I can hold steady, can have the patience for the long, long haul of being (laughs) an elder like some of these trees. There are some grandmother trees here on the land that have been here much longer than I have, and I seek them out especially for comfort, and, and I touch their rough bark tenderly when I visit them often, wanting to know if they've been attacked by hungry beetles or have some new vibrant green moss or, or yellow fungus gathering around their roots that is often so beautiful. This particular holly tree was just a little sprout a few feet tall when when I first started coming here. It was under the shelter of an old oak that soon died and was cut down so it wouldn't fall on the house I built. The little holly survived the oak's downfall all around it and and in the increased sunlight, the little holly grew rapidly. Soon it was big enough so that it survived again when one of the kids who was having his first turn at driving anything ran into the holly and the compost bin that was beside it at the time with the golf cart. I moved the compost bin somewhere else, but I was happy to think that while it had been there, the little holly had benefited from the decomposing leftovers from my own feasting through the years. Yes, I've watched this little holly tree grow, bit by bit, taller and taller. Threatened a few years ago, I thought, by drought, but surviving again. At first it was so young its annual burden of red berries was too slight to attract much bird notice. But by now this holly tree has clearly been marked on the migratory maps of various species. And today was once again its big annual giveaway feast day. I seem to feel the holly tree's joy as these other forms of life are nourished by its own life, its own offering of its own special kind. What gratitude I feel to have been blessed to be in one place long enough and and to have the gift of time to sit still and observe this dynamic, growing, changing, humming, whirring world all around me. This one tree, these particular birds. There are other birds that live here and and participate more noticeably in my daily life. The little wrens that make their nests in the eaves at the porch every year. Their little chirping offspring peeking out at me when I come and go. I've never yet been able to observe just when they fly for the first time. It's just that one day they're gone for another year. Until once again I see parent birds flying in with bits of twigs in their beaks, making new nests in my porch for yet another year. The resident hawks, of course, their red tails shining in the sun, their cries calling out as they circle overhead or soar out of sight into the sky. They are, they are sacred to me as I'm named for them, small as I am, Glinda Little Hawk. The big crows, right now I'm having a fuss with some of them that have 
suddenly decided to become my alarm clock each morning when they stomp across my metal roof and bang on the shiny stovepipes, even when the stovepipes are warm from the overnight fires in my wood stove inside the house. I struggle out of bed each morning and go outside and yell at those big crows rudely, and they answer me back rudely as they fly away, only to settle again nearby, knowing I'm no real threat to taunt me further or to send their droppings onto a chair or the outside mirror of my car. Someone visiting here the other day asked me a question that gave me a pause. I'm still thinking about it. As some of you may remember, for several years a cardinal bird every morning pecked on a window of my living room, the same window day after day, year after year. I tried every suggestion you offered to me to discourage those cardinals, not only because its sound was annoying, but also because I didn't think it could be good for the cardinal's beak, all that pounding on hard glass. Many were the metaphors offered by my friends. Mm, in love with your own reflection, are you? Or beating your head against a wall or a window? Or... Fighting imagined enemies that aren't there? <laughs> My older daughter gave me a little wooden plaque with a picture of a cardinal that reads, Cardinals appear when angels are near. Then, a couple years ago, just for no apparent reason, the cardinal stopped pecking at the window. They haven't been doing it since. May it continue so. But now, there are these crows pecking at the stovepipe. Bang, 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 every morning. Louder, really, than the cardinals were. So my friend's question was, do you think something is wanting to get your attention every day? Well, if so, I said to my friend, I'm listening. I think I've been paying attention. I mean to, on all levels, really, as best I know how. But my friend said, are these bird visitations just reminders every day, every day that I'm here, I'm here. Okay, okay, near mystical talk, I know it's me again, going into another dimension, but bear with me. I read something this morning that someone shared on Facebook, and I loved it, and somehow it seemed to fit into this wandering thinking that I was doing this, this morning about about migration and, and about steadfastness, about abundance provided freely, and about noticing, noticing, and about being grateful. When I read the Facebook post, I thought, well, maybe this is what the daily repeated message from my feathered friends is all about. And if so, well, go ahead. Remind me of it every day that things are happening that goodness is present, that the seasonal changes and the passage of time can have blessed and meaningful patterns and outcomes, and that patience is important about giving away our attention and our abundance and our own steadfastness is important. Here's the Facebook post I'm, I'm referring to, or at least a part of it. I've tinkered with it to suit myself to share with you. It was shared by someone on Facebook named Jim Moore, but I don't know who wrote it. It reads like this. 
Right now, someone is writing a book that you will read in the next two years that will change how you look at life. Right now, the next great song is just being rehearsed for the first time. Right now, there are Tibetan Buddhist monks in a temple in the Himalayas endlessly reciting mantras for the secession of your suffering and for the flourishing of your happiness. Right now, something is being invented that will change how your generation lives, communicates, heals, and passes on. Right now, thousands of people are in yoga classes, intentionally sending light out from their heart chakras and wrapping it around the earth. Right now, a farmer is looking at his organic crops and whispering, nourish them. Right now, nuns in the Alps are in vigil, praying for the Holy Spirit to alight the hearts of all of God's children. Right now, millions of children are assuming that everything is amazing and will always be that way. Right now, someone is in profound pain who a few months from now will be thriving like never before. They just can't see it from where they are now. Right now, someone you haven't met is maybe already dreaming of adoring you. Right now, someone is craving to be partnered or to be acknowledged or to arrive, and they will get precisely what they want and even more. And because that gift will be so fantastical in its reach and sweetness, it will quite magically alter their memory of all their angsty longing and remember it all so worth the wait. Right now, someone has recently cracked open their joyous, genuine nature because they did the hard work of hauling years of oppression off their psyches. Right now, this luminous juju is floating in the ether and it's accessible to you. Right now, someone just this second wished for world peace in earnest. Right now, someone wants to hug you, to hold you, to make tea for you. Right now, someone is willing to lend you money, wants to know what your favorite food is, and treat you to a movie. Right now, someone in your orbit has something immensely valuable to give you for free. Right now, someone is fighting the fight so you don't have to. Right now, some civil servant is making sure that you get your mail and your garbage is picked up, that the trains are running on time, and that you are generally safe. Someone is dedicating their days to protecting your civil liberties and to see that you have clean drinking water. Right now, someone is regaining their sanity coming back from the dead. Someone is genuinely forgiving the seemingly unforgivable. Someone is curing the incurable. 
someone. You, me, some, one, now. I love that, and I think, right now, a flock of birds are winging their way north after having feasted on holly berries outside my door this morning, and someone else is looking at them with delight. Right now, someone I love is in Mexico dancing joyfully and reverently for peace. Right now, my granddaughter is studying hard at university so that, as she says, she can acquire the tools to help to change the world and save the environment. Right now, friends far and wide are going about their daily lives, experiencing all the delight and agony, all the hard work and sweet peace, all the love and loneliness that it is to be human, to be here, to be one of us, one within the one wholeness that includes the birds and the trees and everything else, the oneness that is indescribable and mysterious, the one great love that is maybe what is sending me its message every morning in every way that it can, trying to get my attention. This one great Love, I send my voice to you now from that sacred place, from this sacred place, this place of love and peace within the oneness where you also reside. Thank you for listening. Join me again on another day for another experience of yet another kind. And join me on the website at oneandallwisdom.com. This is Glenda Taylor.